0: Please pardon me. (laughs) Because my father steadied the church. He had to because we had a church on fire. One night in worship, Brother Landers felt the Holy Ghost come. He was so overwhelmed with the spirit. He didn't know what to do. So he did a headstand. One night, one of the guys started to shout and jump up and down and flail his his arms, but he had a cast on his arm. And it went up and hit the ceiling fan, and all of the plaster hit the side of the wall. I watched a number of people roll on the floor growing up. speaking in tongues while the preacher was preaching one night the guest evangelist one of the men ran up to the pulpit while he was preaching and ran around the pulpit several times I don't know how many times he ran around the pulpit and went back down man just went ahead and went on preaching that was no big deal to us but I don't know what that evangelist thought you gotta pardon me you see I was born and bred in the fire I don't know the exact moment when I first heard about it. But I remember the season. It was a Sadie Hawkins banquet. I don't know if I'm really in favor of Sadie Hawkins banquets, by the way, Brother Andrew, wherever you are. But, but that particular Sadie Hawkins banquet, that's, that's a youth group in St. Louis. A large youth group in St. Louis was hosting the banquet And it was a church banquet. But that was the banquet. See, Hawkers, it's around November, the middle of November. It's when the girls ask the guys to be their date. Don't get any ideas. Either way. I got a phone call. (laughs) I didn't have a car. (laughs) I did have my driver's license, so I borrowed my mom's car. several of us all went down to St. Louis we arrived at the banquet most of the other kids were were pointing out paired couples we were at the table we were with the other pastors kids but there were some other kids there at the table and that's when I heard about one of the girls and I quote I'll never forget this someone at the table said when they saw her date she must be desperate to ask that guy out. They said that she was late in making the call. <laughs> Seems that desperate people don't look good. The reason is they're desperate. The desperate people often take whatever's left. In fact, maybe even the leftovers. (laughs) Just the scripture. Consider Hannah, who is a mother want-to-be. Her barren state has driven her to groan in such a way that it resembles a person That's inebriated. She is grieved. She is disturbed. There are no gifts. That her husband can give her. That can supplant her desire for a baby. Her husband. With all of his disproportionate offerings. Will not suffice. There is nothing he can do to alleviate the burden of her life. And make no mistake. In Hannah's desperation. Which is. The only thing that provoked her, she cried out to the Lord before she goes home and goes about her way. Before Hannah takes up the daily duties of her life, the grind before she leaves Shiloh, she goes back into the temple. And the Bible says she wept sore. She's leaning. She's there. She's on her knees. She's on her face. She's walking. She's groaning. Words are gone out, her utterances mingle with tears until only a moan can be heard. It's so abnormal that the high priest who has leaned up against the post, he's taken his leisure. He gets up, he walks over, he thinks she's been drinking alcohol and he scolds her for it. The Bible says that Eli, the high priest, marked her mouth. When she prayed, he was observing what she was saying. There was no words. He saw her lips moving but could not hear her voice. And he thought she was drunk. Desperation, ladies and gentlemen, will change the way that you pray. In fact, it changed her so much that it made her stand out to even the high priest. And perhaps, and I I would submit that he was numb to spiritual and divine cries, but... Nonetheless, she prayed in a groan and the desperation made her look like something she was not. See, desperation changes the way you live. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you pray. It even changes the way you call on Jesus. Go ask Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, he told us so. He's that blind man sitting by the highway side begging. He's been there a long time. And he hears that Jesus is passing by. So he calls out to the Lord when all the crowd, the Bible says, that the disciples and a great number of people are leaving Jericho. And he hears that Jesus is passing by. And Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The sound of a desperate man is a humiliation for the content. The sound of a hungry person is an embarrassment for those who are filled. And they told him to hold his peace. It was not. It was a not so subtle order to be quiet. But the more they tried to stop him, the more he cried out. The Bible says he cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. That is the sound of a desperate man it was his moment and for all he knew it was his one and only chance to be saved there is no scripture that tells us that he relented and held his peace there are no verses that tell us that he he thought well maybe next time well maybe next Sunday well maybe I'll get up and do something next week or I'm waiting for everything to get right I'm wondering what would happen in our services if we came in here thinking that this may very well be the last time we ever get to be here what would happen if this this was the last night of our meeting. Desperation. Caused a Syrophoenician woman to bypass the obvious rebuff of the Lord. Let me read the account of a desperate person to you out of the scripture. It comes from Matthew 15. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her, not a word. That's his first rebuff. He ignored her. And his disciples came, seeing that the Lord had ignored her. It emboldened them. And they besought the Lord, saying, Send her away. She cried after us, but he answered and said, I am not sent. He didn't say that to his disciples, he said it to the woman, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him, and saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, Again, the third rebuff it is not meat. it's not appropriate to give the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Again, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Hear me, she didn't mind if he called her of the lowest species. She didn't mind if he ignored her once or twice or three times. The rebuff was not going to keep her from Jesus. Then the Lord answered and said, Oh woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I stand here to tell you, don't quit crying out. I wonder if there's a Bartimaeus in this house. I'm wondering if there's a Syrophoenician woman in this house. No refusal can turn you away. No insult is going to turn you away no rebuff is going to turn you away she said i'll take the crumbs but i submit to you tonight she didn't get a crumb she got the whole loaf when you are desperate for god he's not going to parse out his blessing he'll give you everything but you gotta be desperate let me tell you what real desperate Desperation will do in your life It'll cause you to act strange and odd You'll interrupt the service It'll drive you to a place that most people won't go because you're desperate When you get desperate enough you'll do things you won't normally do You start talking differently Desperate people live without embarrassment. They're unconcerned what the collective think. Because the need is greater than the collective's approval. I'm afraid we come to church and we're wondering what everybody else is thinking and we're not desperate enough. I'll tell you, when you get desperate enough, you won't care what anybody else is thinking. When you get desperate enough, you don't care how you look or how you talk or how you sound. Desperate people, don't wait for the end of the service to worship. Desperate people, don't wait for the altar call. Desperate people, don't wait for the praise and start because they're desperate. Yeah, she looks desperate. Look at that guy. He ain't got his act together. And they all sneered. I want to tell you, I think the Lord's after desperate people. If you're rebuffed, keep coming back. If you're offended, keep coming back. If he says you only get a crumb, say, I'll take the crumb. I'll tell you, our problem is here. We got so much stuff and so much food and so much help. We don't even know what desperation looks like. We got more clothes. We can't even wear the clothes. We got seasonal outfits. We got fall outfits and summer outfits and spring attire. I know what they're saying. Now he's going to tell us to get rid of our clothes. I lost a lot of weight one time I was losing a lot of weight and 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 my my suits I had to get new suits it was wonderful I was feeling good I, I was in the gym I was running I was in the gym I was running I got new clothes and we went down to visit my mother-in-law and grandma normally and grandma bean both are they both look like they are Indians they look very much like a squaw, there's tomahawks everywhere. They'll gut you while they're smiling. And Tammy said, she was just talking to Mom, and she said, Mom, you know, Jeff lost a lot, he's lost a lot of weight, he's got some new clothes. Grandma, she don't ever say anything, she just acts like she's sleeping. Her eyes are real squinty anyway, you know, she just acts, you never know what she says. She, she could be sleeping, she might not be, I don't know who else Jeff lost a lot of weight. He's got new suits. We don't know what to do. What should we do with those suits? And they're just kind of pondering. And grandma pipes up and she says, Keep them. You got no faith in me. <laughs> Keep them. Yeah, some of you got fat clothes and skinny clothes. You know what I'm talking about. This is when I'm going to lose weight. I'm getting rid of that. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to. Someday, 2035, I'm going to be there. Just give me another decade. I'm going to be there. You got so much stuff. We got so many things. I'm going to tell you, we are are so blessed. And may I say so spoiled. With our normal life, we don't know what desperation looks like with God. If we're going to get what we want, we might have to lose ourselves. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me show you what desperation looks like. Are you ready to see what? I-, I could show you hundreds, thousands all over the world. Let me just give you one image of desperation. Because, see, in Venezuela, they don't care what you think about them because they'll pick their food out of the trash. And they'll eat it while it's still warm or mold they'll scrape the mold off of it because they're desperate see desperate people don't care about the comfort and necessities the napkins the silverware because they're desperate they're hungry they're thirsty They'll bypass all the normalities and the formalities. They'll bypass all the people who are snarling at them. They'll walk past all the people who think that they should get it together. They'll walk past all the people who say, why don't you just control yourself? I wish some of you would lose control of yourself. I will tell you right now, your healing is probably a Bartimaeus away. Your deliverance is probably a shout away. Your salvation is probably a dance away, but you keep saying, I don't really want to do that because I don't know how it's going to look on me. I'm going to tell you, the best way you could ever look is when you get desperate for God and you go before God and say it's about you, God. I'm Tell you about the deeds of the desperate. They lose their self, they're hungry, they cast off everything, they're not concerned about the reputation of their image. <laughs> Here, Pastor, tonight. No hunger, no power. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness. No hunger, no power. No thirst. No strength. That's not rocket science. You're hungry. You need something for God. You want your children to be saved. You need a healing for your body. You need a new job. You need restoration for your marriage. Get desperate. See, a desperate church reaches beyond themselves to find God. And a desperate church will go to any length to reach the lost. A desperate man will go to any length to provide for his family. He'll take off his office suit. He'll deliver his pizzas at nighttime. He'll sell all of his fine things just to keep everybody fed. A desperate man loses his pride. A desperate man will have multiple jobs. They don't mind being a janitor in the evening and an office manager in the daytime. A desperate mama will stay awake at night and toil in prayer with the salvation of her children. In fact, to date, I've never had to beg a desperate mama to sign up for prayer in the prayer room. I have had to try to promote prayer to people who are not desperate. But it it wearies me the stone king texted me today and and I'm, i'm remembering something else that he told me years ago he said i'm tired of trying to help people get to heaven who have no intention of going they just want to suck me dry i'm gonna tell you what i'm looking for a desperate church i'm looking for somebody who's so desperate to have a revival they'll do anything they'll go anywhere they'll lose their self they're hungry they're thirsty hear me mama a desperate mother carries the burden of her children. And she'll be like the voice that's heard in Rama. There's a sound in Rama. Rachel is weeping for her children, and she refuses to be comforted. I hope that you're desperate, but maybe you have too many options. Maybe you're not desperate because you have a good doctor. Maybe you're not desperate because you have a knowledgeable lawyer. Maybe you're not desperate because you have an excellent counselor. But ask the woman who suffered for 12 years and spent all that she had on a physician who did not make her better. She's dying and Jesus is close. But to reach him, she has to go through the press. I'm going to tell you, what's going to keep you away from the Lord It's going to be the press. I like to take that literally, but I'm not Clifton Lejeune. I'll tell you what keep you out of Jesus, keep you away from the altar. You're going to read the news all day. The press is always going to keep you because the press don't care about the Lord. Stay out of the press. I'm afraid that too many people can quote more about what the press has been writing than what the Bible has to say. I'm afraid too many people are worried about what's on Facebook and on Twitter and also Instagram than they are about the scripture. I'll tell you, if you're going to get to the Lord, you got to get through the press. You got to get through the grind. You got to get through all the people that are coming after you. You got to get through all the commentaries and you got to get to Jesus. I tell you that the pressing is the point. Can you see it now? When the him, when him is the purpose, the press is no problem. If I can get to him... The press is no problem. When touching Jesus is all that matters, it won't matter who's behind you. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. It won't matter who's beside you. It don't matter if your husband doesn't want the Lord or if your wife doesn't even want to be in the church. When you are wanting Jesus, the press won't really matter because touching him is all that's ever going to matter. I hope somebody is lit up. I hope you get up in the night. I hope you are praying. I hope you get on fire. I hope you get on desperate. I hope you become desperate. I hope you have a feeling. I got to get to the Lord. I got to win the lost. Yes. One of our very powerful preachers when he went to start his church and he went on he went on ground, untouched ground. The first thing that he did when he got into that city is he went to the graveyard and made his way to the nearest, nearest dug grave, the most recent grave, and he wept and said, I wish I could have got to you sooner. I'm so eating up revival. I'm so eating up with new people I'm so eating up with brand new souls being baptized in Jesus name come on somebody come on I need somebody to help me. I need somebody will get on fire I need somebody to go through the byways and the highways and knock on doors I need somebody who will go to their school and say you got to get to church You got to get to my Bible study. You got to get to the Lord. You got to get the Holy Ghost You got to know about Jesus Let me tell you about the deeds of the desperate. The desperate don't complain. Oh man. They don't complain about how the food's cooked. (laughs) I like all the vegetables except for bell peppers. I don't know why. I just don't like bell peppers. But if you chop them up and you put them in crawfish etouffee, then I enjoy them. But if you're hungry, you'll eat the very thing that you once despised. When you get hungry, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to lose yourself. You're going to do something you would normally do. You get desperate enough, you go to a place you probably could never see yourself going. But until you're desperate, you relax. Here's my, here's my problem. I've been in too many hospital rooms, laying on hospital hallway floors, with too many people who cried out to God. I've heard too many deals. If you'll save them and heal them, I'll serve you. I watched a man who had never blinked his eyeball, much less even clapped his hands. He nodded every once in a while, but I think he was sleeping. He got in a desperate place one time. He didn't run. But I remember the day when he got up and started to walk around. And he walked down the front aisle. And he threw his hands up and tears start coming down his face. And his lips start quivering. He got desperate. I'm going to tell you what. That was a hard thing for him to do. He got desperate enough. He put aside his personality. Are you desperate enough to save somebody? Are you desperate enough? Are you desperate enough to jump in the water and pull someone out that you love? Are you desperate enough to have revival? Are you desperate enough to be healed? I'm wondering, God has all the power. Is he the one holding it back from me? Or am I nonchalant when I come before him? Am I the one that's kind of trying to be in order? I wonder what would happen if on next Sunday morning, somewhere about midway through, someone just got up and said, Have mercy on me! I think it's time for us to have an interruption. Interruption. But we got to get desperate. I'm almost through. This is counterculture. It's counterculture. You know why? Because everyone knows what they're going to eat. Think of your refrigerator right now. Think of it right now. Think of what's in the middle shelf. You've stared at it for weeks now. You've opened it up several, several times a day. Sometimes you just open it up to look in it. You're done eating, you just go over and look in the refrigerator. Haven't you ever done? Come on, am I the only person who ever just goes over and just looks in it and says, Yep, still there. Am I the only one? Tammy says, Are you hungry? No, I just wanted to look inside that one more time. It makes it feel so good. <laughs> or when I'm hungry for something, I go back again and again as if something magically appeared in the refrigerator. I'm wondering, five minutes, I've been gone from that five minutes. I'm wondering, maybe somebody put it in there. A heavenly host just came out, put something good in that thing. You know exactly what's in the refrigerator and you got confident confidence that you won't be hungry before the night is out. Uh Think of your refrigerator. Some of you are trying to forget about your refrigerator because you know right now it needs to be clean. How long has that onion been in that cupboard right in that thing right now? How long has that been in there? See the problem with us is we got it all. We got it all. We don't have oppression. America's not oppressed, not yet. No one has no no one has to wonder where the church is or where we're going to have church or what we're going to do. We're not, we don't have it yet, but hear me, don't get confident. Don't get relaxed. I think we ought to practice our desperation tonight. I'm talking to men who are trying to start churches in places where no one believes in Jesus. And one of them takes his guitar and stands on the corner of a busy street, plays his guitar, sings songs, and everybody ignores him. Some people throw things at him. One man walked by, wadded up his trash, and threw it right at his head. It, it bounced off his head, and he kept on playing. You know why? Because he's desperate for souls. He's desperate to win somebody. He's so desperate, he's willing to be rejected a thousand times if he can find one. He's willing to be rejected a thousand times if he can just reach one. I'm wondering tonight how desperate we can be to have a revival in our life. just stand with me right now and lift up your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus right now I pray fill us with the fire of the Holy Ghost. I pray right now God that you would put a fire in us. I pray right now for the people of this church. Shake us out of complacency shake us out of apathy Lord I pray right now for every seat in every car that has not been filled that we would have a burden to fill our own cars with people and bring them to the house of God I pray for home bible studies to erupt and for every house to become a church and for every living room to become an altar and every table to become a pulpit I pray right now help us to have a desperation the harvest is is plentiful. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few because the laborers would rather sit at the table and eat from the Father's house. But I'm praying God, give us a revival. Give us hungry people. Give us someone who's desperate for revival. Give us someone who's desperate to have a Bible study. Give us someone desperate to have a a Holy Ghost move in their own home. I pray, give us revival in our high schools. Give us a revival in our middle schools. I pray for young people and children and the elementary school i pray for every job lord let the holy ghost follow the job let it fall the bank let it fall the store let it fall the office